0: Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett.
1: What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Magnanimous Rentals cameras lenses lights and much more at the lowest rental rates online magnanimous rentals every order submitted at magrents.com that's m-a-g-r-e-n-t-s.com every order submitted receives a discount inexpensive production essentials ship right to your door magrents.com go magnanimous Listen, I've been working with Magnan Rentals for a few years, and I love it. I can't tell you how awesome it is to have a production trip, which I travel at least once a month or so, and I pack my bags and my luggage with my clothes. I hop on my plane, I reach my destination, I get to my hotel or my Airbnb, and boom, my equipment is there waiting for me nicely packaged up. My cameras, my lenses, tripods, lights, I didn't have to travel with any expensive or heavy equipment, and it just made everything a breeze. I do my shoot, I knock it out of the park, I pack the equipment back into the packaging it came in, and I stop by UPS or FedEx on the way back to the airport, and boom it's back on its way to Magnanimous Rentals. Super easy, super affordable. And listen, if you have a production in-house for your business and you can't justify purchasing camera equipment, this is a perfect affordable alternative for you guys. Rent the equipment that you need and then send it back. Magnanimous Rentals, go check them out at MagRents.com. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories, where we help you maximize your impact through short-form storytelling. Have you guys seen the Netflix show Myths and Monsters? Because if you're a fan of storytelling or a fan of mythology or a fan of writing, I don't know how you haven't seen it yet. Except that Netflix promotes like the same 10 titles on every category for like a week and then buries everything else. So if you go to search and type in myths, it will be one of the first things that uh, that come up. And I'm such a nerd about this stuff. Um, I think Audrey, my associate producer, told me about this show. And, I mean, it's a show about storytelling. It's a show, I think it's a six or eight part, I think a six part series. And each episode deals with a certain theme that we all deal with as humans. Love, death, war. Um, And they weave together different myths and legends and stories over time that deal with those themes and they do that really in, in a really great way it's super uh interesting to watch they had this animation that was really really awesome that i really dug and and i mean i learned a lot of stories that i didn't know but i learned the history of a lot of stories that i did know and it was it was amazing so today my guest is will simpson the writer and producer of myths and monsters and he's really the reason for all the stories that they chose to use. He studied classics at Cambridge and he's a big, you know, Greek mythology nerd. And so we talked about that for forever. And, I, you know, I I never talked to him before, but I swear I left feeling like feeling like we were friends Um Great guy, intelligent, knows a ton about storytelling and the history of it and why it works and why it kind of permeates through our society and culture for so long and and, and always will. I think we liked the same things. And so it, it allowed us to kind of like, you know, take off the 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 storyteller hat or the, you know, uh, you know, the podcast interview, interviewer, interviewee hats and just chat with each other about something we were really passionate about. So if you haven't seen the show, first of all, I I'd totally recommend it. Even if you just watch one episode, like you still get, you get a lot out of it because each episode is different, but I think it'll hook you and something really, really cool. Again, if you're a writer or a storyteller, this is right up your alley and it was done really well. So Will had a lot to say. We covered a lot of ground about uh, how stories have always been a part of our society and culture, and why they affect us so profoundly. So I'm going to shut up so you can hear what he has to say, because he is the expert and is working on several new shows. We had a long, wide-ranging conversation that is full of value. So here's my conversation with Will Simpson. Check it out. Well, first of all, I want to know when did you become a story nerd? Was it always like that? Goodness,
0: yeah, I suppose <laughs> so. I mean, I think I think for most of us, it's the uh, it's the stories we first read as children. Um, yeah. My mother was a uh, was a school librarian, mm, so there were always there were always many books in the house, and uh, I can very much remember the family holidays leaving with uh, suitcases full of books that we'd uh, devour over the over the over the days that followed so really uh, i have to thank or uh, or blame her really
1: were there certain types of stories that you really um felt pulled towards that you really enjoyed
0: i suppose when i was you know a young boy the sort of adventure stories uh mm. always always caught my uh, my attention, things like I don't know swallows and Amazon things like that you know those great uh great adventure stories i suppose and that and that and and that's like ah, the films I watched and the uh, the stories I was interested in reflected that
1: um, do you remember what i mean what was it that fascinated you about those adventure stories? Were you an only child
0: no no i, I have two older brothers, yeah. um so maybe there was a hint of. You know, being the youngest youngest child and uh the stories where you get to be the hero, which perhaps isn't always the case <laughs> as the youngest. Yeah, same thing. Um yeah, there we go. Um I think perhaps you're maybe more drawn to those sort of
1: uh escapist sort of stories, perhaps. Yeah. Were they were your were your brothers a lot older?
0: Not a lot older, but um enough that they uh that they you know, they they could make a little twosome to do things. Right. And perhaps like the- I was more like that's my own devices
1: yeah like maybe you found yourself alone a little bit more my brother was who are very tight but he was six and a half seven years older than i was so mm. i found myself alone a lot so he might be in high school and i'm still you know a young kid and that's kind of where i had to entertain myself and and think up uh you know think of stories and just kind of go into that into that world
0: yeah absolutely i mean i you know i don't want to uh disparage my older brothers they were they were great but um you know it i think it's left me it, all alone when, when yeah they left me all alone but you know when you are you know when you're young those those even
1: a few years is seems a lot um yeah 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 and so what what pushed you to because that's you study that uh in school right or what, what at university yeah i
0: i um i studied uh classics mm-hmm. uh, we call it over here so um ancient greek and ancient latin um
1: uh the language yeah. and the literature and the history what was the what was the plan at that point like to to, to, to <laughs> t- <laughs> that was a plan yeah well, of course, Did there you, was a master plan when you were a, was, 18, yeah, 19 nineteen
0: um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to finding it out no, I think when I was eighteen nineteen, I was just sort of following what interested me to be quite honest um maybe naively so looking back um but you know, I was doing Latin at school, um, at high school, and I just really enjoyed the window it gave you into another time, a place, another world. Especially when you know you're studying those texts mm-hmm. in the original languages. As I said, it, it, it transports you into another time, place, and I just found that fascinating. Um, so when it came to choosing. Or to study at, at university, um, I was very drawn to that. And I, and I always, what I always liked about the course I did was that it was a wonderful mix of the things I really enjoyed, which were, which were stories, of course. Um, so literature, but also history um, and, and, and literature and language. So you could really sort of take it and, and make it what you wanted of it. You could, if you were a more... You know, scientific type. You could study linguistics of it. Mm-hmm. If you were more like me and, and and interested in in stories and history, well, you could sort of focus more on the literature, more on the history, and that's more the route that I took.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you th- do you think that it it also kind of informs us about the present, right? I mean, when you start to Absolutely. put the pieces together of the the whole narrative. You know, knowing that the you know, those stories of the of history, I mean it, it shows you how everything, you know, came together to leave us where we are now.
0: Absolutely. Um you know, I think there's there's especially when you're going back to ancient history, you know, talking thousands of years ago, um there can be a a, a, a danger to sort of think of, of of the past as sort of us in fancy dress, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, they're just like us, they're just, you know, war tokens. Um And one of the really sort of fascinating things I think about that is how that is true to an extent, but to a f- rather more interesting way, how very different humans were and, and could be. And so that sort of always interested me, especially when you're looking at the ancient world, you know, we're still surrounded by its, by its legacy. And, you know, in... Terms of you know the, the language that we speak, um, you know, the literature is, is is so indebted still to that, and of course in in the way we we form our societies, think about our societies, you know, democracy, you look at the you know look at the architecture in Washington D.C., you right. know, the Supreme Court, you know, it's all it's all it's all sort of uh, this pastiche ancient Greek sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? But I think there's a danger sometimes with that of sort of making it making the past about us, you know, mm-hmm. we're saying that, you know, it's, it's this idea that they were leading to us and <laughs> just sort of look at, look at, look, look at history through that prism. Whereas I think that's, although absolutely it's fascinating to see the links and see where we've come from. Right. It's also really fascinating just to put, try and put us to one side for a second
1: mm-hmm.
0: and try and think of them as, okay, they were, Human beings in their own time, in their own place, not not milestones on the way to somewhere else. They were there living their own lives in a culture and society, which, especially if we're talking pre-Christian, mm-hmm. is, is you know, is, is sort of so radically different to our own.
1: Yeah, we tend to make things about ourselves, don't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's human, and I'm sure it you totally know is. they they would do the same. The the historians, oh yeah, ancient Roman, ancient Greek would be saying you know look at look at these guys living in the caves or whatever. <laughs> look how they've come to us look how far we've come
1: did you read the book sapiens
0: i haven't no i know of it a friend of mine really recommended me to uh, read it and of course i haven't got around to it
1: right it's 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 a it's a little bit longer but it's a great one and yeah i second that i mean you'll love it but i was reading his current book and um he's uh yuval is from israel and he was talking about how how the Jews, and he's like, and I can say this because I'm Jewish, he was like, they see everything uh, from their perspective only, like, and how much influence they had on the world, when he was like, factually, they didn't really have that much, but, like, if the stuff that he learned in school was all about, like, what they contributed to society, so it was just, I just was hearing that earlier today, mm-hmm. it's similar, similar, um, so I I agree completely that it's vastly different times but we tend to kind of have the same we tend to kind of recycle the same stories do you think or at least the same oh, themes
0: Absolutely absolutely I think I think if if even if we're very different as people I think there are those ingredients within us which are the same and there are desires and emotions which we have in common and Mm. i think you know with those traits we're going to be drawn to certain types of stories um you know different cultures different societies will do very different things with those stories yeah but but i absolutely agree that, that, that i think you only have to look at you know just the history of literature and the history of stories across the world to see that
1: what are what are some of the the themes that we always come back to
0: well i mean it's As we, I'm going to sort of plug my own stuff now. But with uh, (laughs) myths and monsters, and available now on Netflix, um, with each episode of of the show, we 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 looked at a a different theme. We looked at at love. We looked at we looked at war. We looked at society, death, um, and death. Absolutely. Um, So those are sort of universal ideas of, okay, you know, who are we? Where do we come from? Mm. Where are we going? How do we get along with each other? Mm-hmm. Why do we why do we not get along with each other? Those sort of questions I think any society has to grapple with. Um and reading the stories from the past seeing how they were they sort of use those stories to, to deal with issues in their societies and how then later on we have taken those stories and retooled them and reinterpreted them and restage them or whatever for our own society, um, is, is, is really testament to the power of, of, of story.
1: Um, that series is, is how, how I came to find you. Um, I loved it. It was was awesome. Um, Um, but I, I had a question in that, in that vein. Um, I, I have a series that I do right now for a client, a nonprofit client. It's a rare cancer foundation. And we approached, approached the series in a similar way in terms of we knew certain themes that we wanted to address first and then we had to find the stories that um correlated or or went with those those themes and it's not typically how i do stuff as a filmmaker i'm i look for good characters good stories and the th- mm-hmm. the themes kind of uh emerge and then once sure. i once i see them emerge then i might go back on the second pass and like double down on them that's kind of what i i coach people to do so i it it was a little backwards for me. We are, I'm very proud of the work that we've done, but my question is, um, how did you go about that? Like, does that feel backwards to you? Uh, and, and how did you navigate? Like, okay, we want to do an episode about love. How did you decide what stories to tell about such a big topic?
0: Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Um, now thinking back a sort of year and a half to the sort of conversations mm-hmm. we had, <laughs> right. um, I mean, the themes weren't sort of set in stone from the beginning. As you can imagine, things sort of yeah. moved in, in and out a little bit as we were sort of thinking about different stories we could tell and what could be interesting ones ones to talk about. Um, I think, like you, it's I found it a slightly backwards way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a, a case of... Um, Sorry, man, I've completely forgotten where I was going with that. And um, were you were you asking? sir?
1: No, I was just saying, like, how did you find the stories? Like, how did you choose the stories that would match up with those themes? I think knowing the theme, it's it it is it does feel a little backwards. I agree, mm. but at least you know where you're going. Yeah, right? so no, you, that's know, true. you know that's the true. end result. So, what was because the, the topics of love, the topics of death, they're so mm. vast. So, Absolutely. what was the process for you guys to choose the handful the four or five stories or myths that you were going to that you were going to talk about in those episodes
0: well to a certain extent that was there was simply a sort of representative sort of sample type approach where you're we saying okay well we need we need something from classical world we need something from the norse etc etc we didn't want to ever get too heavy on one or the other mm-hmm. um and with my sort of academic background being in you know the classics ancient rome ancient greece i had a natural obviously bias towards them mm-hmm, yeah. um a natural sort of uh desire to tell those stories um so that was almost the easy part you know when we when we we're talking about love and death and all those really fun topics i could instantly kind of go oh well it'd be great to talk about this myth mm-hmm. because you know, I, I could, you know, almost almost go to the shelf and dig out university notes about yeah. you know, the myth of, you know, the story of Antigone or something like that. Um, with some of the other ones with the sort of Celtic myth and the uh, the Norse myth, it was uh, a little bit more difficult, a bit more research needed. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to um, fantastic experts that featured in the program. Yeah. Sort of that they helped evolve it as well. But it was it was, you know, just a usual sort of <laughs> looking out there for what 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 are the stories that both speak to a modern audience, but also tell you hopefully something unexpected and interesting and unique about that society as well.
1: How did how did the show come come about? Um, you know, it seems like it could be a, a a hard sell in this day and age, right? Where it's like we want to make a six part. It was six, I think. six six part you know series about storytelling you know i love i love that concept but i'm like is everyone else you know like uh, how how did it come about well
0: absolutely i think it was a uh, a concern i think perhaps we had at the beginning as well (laughs) um i wish i could claim credit for for sort of the the creative spark um someone at the company um was on a holiday, I think, in one of the wilder sort of corners of the UK, uh, Cornwall or or Scotland, I think, I can't remember which Mm -hmm. and I think they were sort of stood as the waves crashed around them and the spray and the rocks and the dramatic landscape and they were sort of hearing from the locals certain stories about that and just thinking, you know, this is such a great sort of subject matter and so varied that you know, let, let's try and do do a show about that, this, and um. I came on board. You know, they came back from holiday and sort of pitched it internally in the company, and then I'd done a bunch of shows for that company, mm-hmm. and they sort of invited me to come on board then, um. And so I worked with my co-producer Dan, um, to sort of shape it from that point on, and and obviously as as these things do the structure and the, what the show is going to be evolves in those early stages a great deal
1: is this the first time you've done a project about storytelling i know you're a writer on several things and have been for a while but is this the first time you've done a project like this
0: yeah pretty much um and it was a real thrill i think it was it was as you can probably tell you know right up my alley in terms of Mm -hmm. subject matter and and could really kind of bring out the stuff i can be really nerdy about it was a constant it was a bit of a back and forth between me and me and my co-producer dan about just how much uh how much nerdy yeah like get in there
1: (laughs) you can't go too deep
0: no no damn it dan they want to learn things
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but you gotta make it entertaining i do i I gotta say the um the animation was really cool and i think a a good way to to keep people engaged i think that was a really like it was kind of simple but uh but really strong i think that was a wise
0: choice it was fantastic Mm -hmm. no it was that was done by um Hungarian uh animation studio
1: hmm.
0: and they just did fantastic work it, it really
1: the style was very very cool,
0: yeah, so it went beyond our expectations, which sort of suggested something like that, but um they really came back and and it blew us away with what they were what they were capable of doing on not a huge amount of time and not not a huge amount of money um yeah
1: because it wasn't super complex but it was powerful
0: yeah that was that that they did a great job they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job and and you know, with the, as you say, threading those stories through, became an interesting sort of spine to each episode to hang mm-hmm. it off.
1: Definitely, and having that one, that one central myth, that one central myth to keep coming back to, like, yeah, it it tied the whole pieces uh, together. Um, did you? Any, Anything uh, anything new? no, you're good. Anything new from that process that you took away about stories like to dive that deep? I mean obviously this has been something you've been interested in forever, but um, now you're making a show about it, the one that has to be informative and engaging and entertaining. Yeah. did you learn anything new about stories coming out of that that you take for you know, forth with you on your next projects I, 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 I take forward things which, which perhaps
0: aren't the most comforting um (laughs) Mm, i'm ready to hear this (laughs) because you know i i I studied um creative writing i I Mm -hmm. did screenwriting and it's a it's a it's an industry in a world which which loves a model it loves a book it loves a here's how to do it you know
1: yeah for sure
0: which um which is fantastic and 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 very useful i think if you use those tools in the right way Mm. um I think what the the show, what Myths and Monsters really brought home to me, is actually stories through history are, are, are more varied and and stranger perhaps than 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 any model can contain. I think you know in, in in the first episode of the series we talk about Joseph Campbell and and the hero's journey. You know, very very famous book, a very very famous theory, um, which has sort of become the you know one of the founding foundation stones almost of, um, of, um,
1: yeah. of the story. Do you mind? Do you can I jump in? Do you mind? Uh, maybe giving us just a brief summary of what that means. I talk about the hero's journey a lot, but a lot of our listeners are kind of beginners to intermediate. Could you kind of sum up the hero's journey for those who may have heard of it but not know really what it is?
0: Sure, sure. So the hero's journey is um, the name of a theory developed by an American academic called Joseph Campbell who studied myths and stories from cultures all across the world and he thought he saw a pattern in those stories and he developed this idea called the monomyth which was exactly that, that there were a, a pattern to these myths told across the world and it was specifically about a hero and a hero leaving his... Ordinary world to set out on adventure, uh, on a, usually on, on some sort of quest mm-hmm. um, to 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 find the elixir of life or to find the thing that's going to save his village or whatever you want. With uh, the help of their allies and having overcome various foes and obstacles on what Campbell termed the road of trials, uh, the hero approaches the sort of the greatest challenge of the story in which if he succeeds, he can seize the object of the quest. And uh, once that's done, he he flees and and, and returns home on a journey which is sometimes as exciting as the journey he set out on. But he returns home a changed person. Um, So not only has he or she won the prize, but they've grown as individuals as well.
1: And I, and I think that that is the essence of all stories, right? It's about change. It's about some sort of transformation. Am I right?
0: Yeah, that's certainly one way of looking at it, yeah.
1: What are... Um, I have a couple of questions, but since we're talking about the hero, something I of, often um, talk with clients about um, are, are the heroes or the characters that we're following in their stories. What... Uh, in your opinion, what makes a good character?
0: Whew. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, what makes a good character? I suppose it's 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 the unexpected combination of of traits. Um, it's the it's it's the old you know unexpected but uh, inevitable um, thing. It's it, Goodness me, that's a, that's a, that's a $10,000 so,
1: question, isn't it? <laughs> well, so, because I think it's like, it, this is who they're going to be following, right? They're invested in the character's story. They, in essence, are rooting for this person, you know, especially if that's the hero they're following. Even the, mm. the, the, the quote-unquote anti-hero that's so popular in, in television these days, like, we're still we're still kind of pulling for Walter White to, to, sure, to sure. win you know what I mean so um, you know is it, is it is it that the character needs to be likable is it that the, they need to see something of themselves in the character like you know because I, th- I think it's easy for us to identify like okay who are some of the strong characters throughout whatever art form throughout literature throughout film mm. but what are the things that all of those have in common and yeah, it's it's a big question. Yeah, it is. Um, I, th- I think
0: I think you 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 know, it's not a question of likability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a question of I think relatability, or, mm. or you know, I guess it's the empathy question about mm-hmm. you know you, you know looking at say a, 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 a myth like um, Medea. So the story of Medea, you know, it's 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 a mother who murders her children, mm-hmm. most horrendous act you can almost possibly imagine, but in the hands of a great playwright like euripides she you know she she is the most compelling character yet you can sympathize with her you can you can go with and you can almost you know you can almost go with her to that point she can take you there Mm. and i mean she's you know she's one of the greatest characters in, in 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 literature for her depth for her contradictions but most of all i think for what she does to her audience which is to challenge them and to kind of say okay you may think i'm a monster because of what i'm doing or i'm about to do or have done but you know what would you do in the same situation and you know how how easily we can slip from good to bad essentially i suppose Mm. and that what what does it take for uh, a human to do that Mm. so to me you know a a, a great character like that is 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 a is it's not about being likable it's 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 challenging it's
1: challenging Mm. i like that what are some what are some of your other your other favorite stories from that era i know i know we don't have time for you to list a hundred of them
0: (laughs) (laughs) goodness um i was just reading man. well, I mean, as as I mentioned earlier, um, the story of Antigone as well is 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 a, is a fantastic one. Um, the Iliad, as 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 a whole story, is, is a sort of minor obsession of mine. when I was at university, I put on a stage version of the Iliad, of uh, well, which which. Uh,
1: How long was that?
0: It wasn't actually that long. Cause that's okay. the that's the great thing about the Iliad is actually if you if you boil it down to the actual story, mm. it's dealing with sort of two-week period in the ninth tenth year of the war you can boil down the plot to something actually quite small it's what the poem does with it and how it you know uses that quite simple story to say very deep and complex and still very relevant things about warfare about the bonds between humans
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: about about death about love it's it's the depth is incredible
1: that 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 makes me think of. I have a question. So I I also work a lot with people in uh, in short form video, sh- short form storytelling. Sometimes as short as six to ten seconds, uh, especially if we're doing like marketing ads or something like that. So I wonder, what do you think the what are the fundamental parts of a story that like need to exist for a story to exist so that even in 10 seconds, these, these elements should be there.
0: I suppose clear desire,
1: clear desire,
0: cl- clear obstacle mm-hmm. and some form of a uh, ending.
1: <laughs> a, a, a goal a conflict and a and a resolution basically yeah, yeah a beginning a middle I mean, and an end
0: yeah it comes out of aristotle he knew, he knew he knew a thing or two
1: <laughs> right right uh i have, I have, I have a question you, you mentioned you know we were talking about euripides so <laughs> i was mm. give, giving a workshop recently a lecture and you know i'm a kind of a history nerd as well especially about that era And, uh, you know, my girlfriend laughs at me, and and even in the workshop, you could just kind of feel that, like, nobody else (laughs) was as interested as I was. But there's this story that I love during the Peloponnesian War, and let me know if you've ever heard of this, that when the Athenians would uh, be captured by uh, the Sicilians, well, in, in Syracuse... They were all huge fans of Euripides' plays, and if the Athenians would like, if they would like act out the plays, they would get like better treatment, <laughs> and possibly if they t- if they taught, and of course, like any story, like who knows, you know, <laughs> who knows the the act the facts here, but if they would teach the prison the, the guards like as much as they knew of the plays, and sometimes they would let them let them out of uh, let them out of prison and on their way, and again. Don't let the details get in the way of a good story. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's pretty badass in terms of us uh, uh, telling the stories of a famous playwright uh, getting you out of <laughs> out of prison in the Peloponnesian War.
0: You see? You see? You <laughs> never know when Euripides might come in useful. That's what I tell people when they say, why study classics? I say, well, you never know when you might be c- captured by the Syri- <laughs> Syri- you know, in Syracuse and you might have to perform your way out of trouble. Exactly. Um, no, that, I mean I, it's not a story I've heard, but I I would love it to be true because Euripides is is absolutely brilliant. I mean he was mm-hmm. he was deconstructing, you know, sort of almost postmodern, you know, thousands of years ago. Sort of right. de deconstructing the genres he was working in, um, to really challenge his to, you know, to really challenge his audience and, and and say say things to them which were yeah, really brave mm-hmm. and and gutsy things to kind of confront an audience with. It wasn't a case of saying, Hey, we're Athens, we're top dog, woo, go us. It was you know, it was it was really forcing society to 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 look at itself in an uncomfortable light. Mm-hmm. Um which is, you know, what, what great drama does of course.
1: Yeah. Can you say a little more about that? Like I I totally agree. Like that's another element of a good story, right? It makes you kind of it makes you look at your own life, right? Whether you're it's an individual or a society or culture. Mm-hmm
0: absolutely i mean although we we're talking earlier about my earliest interest in story coming from a sort of adventure and, and and escapism i think you you, you can't avoid suddenly as you grow older you know what those stories which really speak to you the ones which challenge you which, which ask you know force you to ask questions of not just your society but yourself um and absolutely that that's what what why we keep coming back to stories because stories are a tool they're what we use to work out who we are on the most basic levels and how we relate to our families, how we relate to society, both the society of the street you live in and the society of you know generals and presidents and kings and queens mm. and those things are never set in stone, so the stories will always change and, and we'll always have a need for stories.
1: It's hmm. a good line. So what's next? Um, you're working on a show right now, right? A true crime show. Right?
0: Uh, yeah, I uh, just finished. Um, actually, the fourth series of uh, of Murder Maps has just been broadcast in the UK. Oh, wow. Um, so that's great. Um, and I'm just finishing up on a one-off documentary about China, actually, about um, Tang Dynasty China. Do
1: you which, know much about that that era and that culture historically? Well, I didn't really before. Yeah, um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I realized the, the other schools. day. I I I'm big. I love Greek, you know, history, but I don't. I, don't, I know not it's, much it, at all.
0: It's it's dreadful. It's certainly a failing. <laughs> I think in
1: well the British British schools mm. um,
0: that you can have a very Western centric view of <laughs> of history. You know when when. Most yeah. shows I do, if they're, if they're historically based, as, as many of them are, you've got certain big, big sort of milestones in your head that you know where they are. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, the Norman Conquest. It's, right. it's, 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 here's the Roman Empire, you know, American War of Independence, whatever. You've got those big, big numbers. Uh, but when it came to the history of, of China, uh, my ignorance was quite staggering. It really mm. was sort of, um, <laughs> there were some dynasties, right? Yeah. Um, which, is, which is a terrible thing to admit when you're about to make a show about something. Right. Um, mm. But that's in some ways made it great because it was really sort of a, 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 a forced me to to really study this and, and, and gain as much information about it as quickly mm-hmm. as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a fascinating, I mean, the Tang dynasty, the Tang empire, this is sort of, 6th, 7th, 8th century AD. Your biggest empire on the planet at the time. Mm. You know, bigger than the Roman Empire. You know, incredibly wealthy. Um, you know, had trade trade routes to, uh, to to Europe, you know, the Silk Road. Um, mm. And was this in, incredibly sort of cosmopolitan, quite progressive for its time in terms of, you know, the, the freedoms that, that women in, enjoyed compared to, most of the medieval societies, yeah, right. and it was just a really, really fascinating um story to tell, and I didn't really know, and I think not many people um over here certainly know either, so well, hopefully well, they'll enjoy it
1: like we uh like we already said once today, uh, we tend to make things about ourselves right so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so not absolutely. a direct lineage. we're like what who's that yeah absolutely yeah. um any any um any future for myths and monsters, or do you think that's kind of like a one one series? uh show
0: i think unfortunately it probably is going to be a single series we'll see what the future holds sure. um I, I think there's not there's there's no lack of myths out there and true. and we, we we would love to look out uh, outside europe i mean i think one of the critiques the show got um because you know obviously i search on twitter and you know <laughs> find out what people are saying about it yeah. um you know one of the critiques it got was that it is very it is very european cent europe centric well that's where it Um, started
1: i mean that's where the 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 idea came from you told me the story about the um the guy who came with the idea of the show but that to me that lends itself to the subsequent stories
0: yeah and and it and it i think with the cultural interconnections in europe it was an easier job perhaps to tell those stories that you could sort of see totally you know, see, see those, so see how those related to one another. But, you know, it would be fantastic to do if we did another series to, to look further afield, to look at, to look at China, to look at, you know, Poly- Polynesian mythology, um, look at South American mythology, um, you know, things like that. It'd be absolutely fascinating. Who knows what the future will hold. Um, right now there's nothing on, on the horizon, but, um, you know, who, know what, who knows what could come.
1: Sounds like you got your hands full though, as it is.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
1: well um look man i really like i said i appreciate you taking the time this was interesting to me i feel like we could probably continue this for a while but um i appreciate the work you're doing you're doing great stuff and uh, i I thoroughly enjoyed myths and monsters and can't can't wait to uh check out the other stuff you're gonna do
0: well thanks very much for having me on
1: all right have a good night man
0: yeah thanks very much bye-bye see
1: ya